had loads of people in the music industry on our podcast. Musicians, producers, singers, songwriters. We've had guests such as Our Lady Peace, Jim Cregan from the Bare Naked Ladies, Maestro Fresh West, to name a few. We've also had newcomers like Luke Hub. Today, we have another newcomer. She's already been recognized around the world for her singing and songwriting. Please welcome to the studio, Aza. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Jeez. All the way from Montreal. Well, I live here now, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Montreal is my hometown, definitely, but um, I'm starting to learn Toronto, and I'm enjoying it. What what do you like most? Besides the Raptors parade, what do you Um, like most about the city? So far, what I like is how big it is. I'm enjoying the... I'm enjoying the not knowing where I am and having to figure it out, you know, instead of just knowing a city, but like the back of my hand, Mm -hmm. just like walking around. It's brought me into a much more vulnerable and open space, which I think inspires creativity. So that's cool. And I've met some really nice, um, really nice people. And I've gone to dope parties in Toronto, the best parties I've been to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That sounds good. Because mm-hmm. I heard Montreal is the place to be. I mean, Montreal is the place to <laughs> be, but Toronto is pretty close too. Yeah. You miss Old Town, Montreal? Mm. Or is Old Town, Montreal, that's where all the tourists go? That's where all the tourists yeah. go. And I mean, you go in the summer every now and then, but no, I don't, I don't miss it right now. Where's I've lived there my whole life, so I'm kind of so over. So I'm going in May. Yes. Where should I go? And I've got, okay, so... Yeah, I won't have my kid with me. I'm going in May. Okay. Where should my wife and I go? Just you and your wife? Yeah. Okay. Um, are you into live music? Yes. So you would have to go to Upstairs Jazz Club. Okay. Um, they have a lot of different bands there that play. It's like a nice, classy, almost New York-y vibe in there. You'd enjoy this, and their food is great. Um, I would also recommend going to Le Cipher, which is an event that happens every Thursday night at this place called the bootlegger downtown montreal and there it's like a hip-hop meets r&b jam night with some of the best musicians in the city wow Mm. and um you know guest artists can just come on stage and freestyle and usually they have a house band that performs first and then after that it's open to jammers who want to come on stage but they're very they don't just let anyone come on stage either. Like, mm. you need to know someone who knows someone so that they keep the quality of the music high. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you're not know, just in the crowd and go, I, I bought my ukulele today, let me go on stage. I mean, you, they you could. You play a wicked ukulele. If you, exactly. <laughs> like, if people, it's more of a vibe. Like, if you get the sense that you, you're going to kill it, yeah. they let you on stage. Yeah, but if you're, like, hammered and They're slurring your words. Let me show you something. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you what I can do. <laughs> yeah, because that happens. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, so those guys, we tell them listen maybe yeah. next time so yeah. that's a great place to go as well cool. um the mountain is lovely like you're smart go in may it might still be cold okay because global warming so it, it gets, gets global, yeah. yeah so it climate gets cold yeah See, climate change. global warming they'll say but it's cold yeah but so, that's what happens yeah I, i've understood that like yeah, montreal got, those other people don't, don't you should go to montreal in january no, if you want to die, that's exactly. cold. Is cold. Yeah, yes. that is freezing. February, the worst. My son's in the choir, so they're doing a, a weekend in Montreal, nice. performing at different places. So. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna go and sneak into some of his shows. And, that's nice. Yeah. So he'll be there, but he'll be staying with the choir. We'll have a. I don't know, You'll Airbnb have some time. Or a hotel. Yeah. Good for you. 
in Check May. Out some places in May. It's a good time, but you should go back in July for the Jazz Fest season. Because mm. during the Jazz Fest, it's just like, it's an amazing time. Great vibes, uh, a lot of different acts from around the world. You just catch a bunch of outdoor free shows, and it's just like a blast. The, um, the vibe that Montreal is known for, they're talking about that season, like in July, in when July. it's the Jazz Fest. Yeah. Do you miss poutine? I do. Yeah. You know what? I do because I can't seem to find one decent poutine in Toronto. That's one thing I the will... The cheese isn't uh, squeaky. You know what? Yes. Okay, so it's either the cheese that they mess up or the gravy or the fries. And it's just three ingredients and somehow it yeah. just, doesn't, huh. just doesn't land. We drove two summers <laughs> ago. Yeah. Greg is not a poutine. You're not a poutine guy, Greg? I love poutine. Okay. Poutine's yeah. great. Yeah. But you know the cheese has to be squeaky. It does. And what makes it squeaky? Well, You'll know. know. You'll no, know when you, you chew know what, on though? it. When you buy curds, yeah. don't put them in the fridge. Oh. Really? That's how you keep your curds squeaky. Mm. Seriously. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know how to keep oh, them squeaky. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That sounds kind of weird, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so <laughs> you know how to keep them squeaky. We For anyone a, wondering out there. We did a road trip to, through Quebec to the Gaspé. Yeah. One summer. And you st we used to stop in all these little towns along the way. Every time we'd see like cheese curd factory or cheese factory or something. And Manaz would go and buy like a bag of... And she would just eat it. Like, what are you doing? Oh, this is the best food ever. It's the best. <laughs> and she would look like squeaky too. Oh, so, oh you're crazy. <laughs> she yeah. loved it. Yeah. I mean, hey. Yeah. That is nuts. Cheese is great. Yeah. So I... <laughs> where do we go from there? I where do we know. go from cheese, cheese crunch to music? I think the music? show's over. <laughs> cheese is great. Cheese <laughs> show is over. Yeah. It's like we've said everything. Um, <laughs> so I was first exposed to you uh, at the Beaches yeah. Jazz Fest. And it was funny because I took my son. And that weekend that we went, that day we went, I think it was a Sunday maybe, or I can't remember if it was a Saturday. Do you remember if it was a Saturday? I don't or a remember. Sunday? I think it was a Sunday, actually. It was a Sunday. It was at the beginning of the month. And I didn't realize that the Beaches Jazz Fest was like a month-long mm -hmm. sort of thing. So I'm thinking, Greg, you know when you walk along the street and you stop? Mm -hmm. It wasn't that. It was in the, uh, in the park. Yeah. Uh, on stage and everything. And they were setting up for you. So I said, oh, let's go and sit down and wait. And you blew the crowd away. Thank that you. That was an awesome performance. Thank you. Um, so obviously the first question as you're speaking to a singer, songwriter, is when did you first start singing outside of when you were a kid and your parents may have sang nursery rhymes, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I first started singing, um, I first started realizing that I loved to sing. In high school, we were doing a lot of musicals, and my teachers just saw something in me. They saw something in me. It was there anyways, but they were like, we need to put you, you need to be on stage. So I played Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, ah. and I was always so serious about, I don't know, the roles and learning my lines and the, the, the music. And so I was put in charge of harmony. So I would take care of the harmonies in different groups, separate the groups, make sure everyone was singing on key. I was always very diligent about that stuff. So that's when I realized, wow, I'm taking this quite seriously. You know, yeah. like not, I, I remember being frustrated because not all the kids around me were like so Crazy, yeah, so serious. <laughs> I was like, "This is the, this is this for is real, real guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, and like they were like, okay, relax, <laughs> you know. So that's when I first fell in love with the stage, and then after that, um, I went to study theater. Where did you study theater? I studied theater at Dawson College in Montreal. Okay. It was a three-year program, and during that, I kind of realized too that I because I was introduced to theater and music. Um, because, okay, so I'm going all over the place. In my high school, we also had a music program. Mm -hmm. So I played the trumpet at the same time as I was doing those musicals. And aside from that, I was just like dabbling and writing and like recording with rappers in the city. So it, it, it kind of all happened at the same time. Um, but then when I went to theater school, I realized that, wow, theater isn't just musical theater. Like there are plays without music. And I was like, that's how the heck does that happen? Yeah, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> when do we break into song, guys? <laughs> you know, so it kind of, it introduced me to a more, just a different aspect of the performing arts. And acting kind of showed me how much I love music. I love acting, but when I was in the theater program, that's when I started really writing music and finding time outside of school to record, because I, I just, I had to. When you write music, are you writing just lyrics like poetry? Are you uh, writing like music? It usually comes to me as just like little bits of melodies that I keep repeating to myself or someone says something funny and a word just, it's, it's usually always like an echo of something, either a melody I'm hearing in my mind or something someone said and I'm like, like honey, 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 honey. And I have to write it down. I'm like, okay, well, like what? What do I hear with that? And then I'll just mess around, maybe beatbox, maybe just take out the keyboard, or sometimes it just takes time and I, the song builds completely in my head and I hmm. look crazy, but <laughs> then I sit down with my producer and we kind of, we start putting the sounds together and the song comes to life. Am I, am I correct that you said that you wanted either do more or writing for scores and TV and movies, did you say that somewhere? Um, I would love to have more opportunities mm. to license my music. Okay. Um, when it comes to writing scores, that's not really my forte. Yeah, maybe scores was the wrong word. But, yeah. but, but in writing for television and movies, does that ever come into in the songwriting mm -hmm. process? That's what I'm going with this. Is, yeah. Does that ever come into play when you're... It does come into mm -hmm. play, but it's definitely more in terms of licensing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have written a song and then a show comes up or um, some kind of commercial and they're looking for a song that's got this vibe. And then in this case, that's that's where I would come in and be like, hey, I have this song, maybe you want it, you know? Um, my producer, he's very much into that, but I'm, yeah. I can't say I'm skilled enough to come up with like proper scores. Yeah. I can hear them in my head, yeah. but listen. We hear a lot of things in our head and, yeah. you know. Some of it stays there, some <laughs> yeah. of it comes out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, balance. <laughs> so growing up in Montreal. Yeah. French is your first language? It is. Okay. So did you, so I've heard, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's got so many views on YouTube. It was an English song. Criminal? Yes. Mm -hmm. Great song. Great Thank tune. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's where you're dancing all over the place, right? Yeah. yeah it's almost like an Indian movie because you're <laughs> from dancing all over, right? Yeah. Well, you see my love for the for musical theater and yeah. like just like it. I love long sequences, sequence shots where it kind of looks like it just never ends and the camera just, you know, as like uh, the least amount of cuts possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So was there ever a point where you were thinking writing in French and then you 
think and write in English? Or how does the different mm. languages that you know influence what you write? Or is it backwards, forward? Like, how does that work for you? How it works now is not at all how it was before. I used to, because I grew up listening to so much American music, I, I, I kind of had a, an aversion to writing in French because, um, oh, okay. yeah, I, I, I was really good at it in school, but I kind of forgot about that when I, when I left high school and I just started writing like Destiny's Child in my mind. I'm like, I'm in Destiny's Child. Like what song would I write? You know, yeah. like I love Lauren Hill, Alicia Keys, Destiny's Child. And then you kind of the random little song by whoever that I enjoyed at the time. And they were mostly uh, English songs. So I wrote in English for most of my life. Okay. And then um, sometime last year, mm, at the end of 2017, I was like, listen, I'm in Quebec. I'm Francophone. Yeah. Let me try and write a song in French. And that's where I sat down and I wrote just this song just flowed out of me and it's called Adieu, which is the title track of the EP I released last year. And from there I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like I, it's a whole world that I haven't even tapped into. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't, I hadn't realized that I had created a wall um, with the French language. And so it's been a joy just rediscovering how beautiful it is and how actually like I have a knack for it, you know? So um, I'd say when I want to write a song in French, I'll think in French. And when I want to write a song in English, I'll think in English. There's no like switch that happens where like I'll think in English and then write in French. You know what I mean? And neither neither does either come easier or is it just fluid? I think, I mean, it depends. I would love to say that every, you know, every time I write a song, it comes from a very like intuitive flowy like inspirational moment but sometimes you kind of hit a wall and you have to sit down and do your homework you know so um sometimes it just flows out of me and it'll be in french and i'm like oh cool okay let's see and then i have to sit down and add more structure and whatever but um yeah i'd I'd say it's just usually it's like a little inspiration moment and then i have to sit down and kind of solidify what the heck just came out Sometimes I surprise myself too. I'm like, oh wow, that's what I wanted to say. Crazy, no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, it's gnarly like that. It's gotta be a neat moment. Yeah. I was actually surprised that you said that that English was sort of your first songwriting language. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do, during the day, when I'm not Batman, (laughs) uh, I work in advertising and media. Okay. And one of the things that I know, and I don't work on the TV sites uh, at all, but I know that in Quebec, their Quebec musicians, Quebec actors, mm-hmm. are held in such high regard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's huge there. Yeah. More so than Canadian singers and, and so on. You know, they're, yeah, they're there. Absolutely. But in Quebec, they're like gods mm-hmm. and goddesses, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why it surprised me a bit, because I, I, I thought that, okay, she's in Quebec, she must, like, see this sort of, um, this Quebec star thing that they have, star industry that they might have and want to be attracted to that and want to sort of be there and be that. Was there any um, pressure, whether you put it on yourself or from others, that, hey, you're in Quebec, you're in Montreal, why don't you, you know, go up this sort of Quebec star ladder? You know what? I, I think so, maybe, but it's interesting being born as a woman of color mm. in Quebec 
Oh, it's different. It's different. Okay. You know, if I was, then if I wasn't, then if I was just like a young white girl um, born in Quebec, I think we would have had different paths. But mm. there's something interesting about Quebec where there's such a divide between the French and the English that being born there, I I see it as a strength. But there, the, the separation is so strong that you kind of don't know where to go. And I kind of went the... I just kind of followed the artists that I saw who, in who I could recognize myself because I was not seeing a lot of women of color in, in Quebec, Quebec um, oh. successful doing what I was hoping to do. So I just looked for inspiration where I could and I found it once again in American music. Now in Quebec growing up, um, that's why I think I, it took me a while to realize, oh my God, wait, like French. Like I didn't even, it's a market I hadn't even thought about going into because I haven't seen it here um, and so it was part of that too when I started working on this project I was like listen I'm in Quebec um, I'm francophone and I would love to be of inspiration to all you know young boys and girls who are not you know of color who were born in, in in Montreal and who are kind of like in this weird space where you're you're from there but you're not like people are yeah. like the fully conscious that you're not from there but you yeah. are it's just such a weird i'm still trying to unpack the whole the That's experience yeah it's 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 interesting it's just it's just real it's just what it is um and so i think also as an actor um i got to work because i'm bilingual i got to work in french and i got to work in english and once again the divide was so real that let's say in english i have a lot of momentum like i'm doing this play i just won an award i'm i'm landing a role on this tv show and then on the other side let's say i'm playing on this show and they're like who are you you know and so it, it was this weird like okay now i'm working on the french side now i'm working on the english side yeah. so i kind of realized at that point that it wasn't what I was going for hmm. um, and I want to be somewhere where my bilingualism is seen as a strength and just as, um, as something really fun to explore and not necessarily like I felt like I, I was constantly being asked which one do you prefer French or English and I was like I don't <laughs> I just I like them both yeah like I'm both like I'm from Montreal and there I'm, I have influences from all over the place you know so I don't know if I'm answering your question but I guess the pressure to climb up that star system mm -hmm. was never really there because I kind of knew from a, at the jump that it wasn't built for me you mm. know what I mean? Mm. Sure. Like, that sure. I could just do my thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't set up for someone like me necessarily to like, I would have to like push against waves that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. You know? So, sure. um, so for the success that the EP had and like the reception from people, I'm really happy, but I'm not, that's not what I'm chasing. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about the move to Toronto and why, yeah. and it almost seems like, is that part of yeah, well, I feel like, yeah, it's, um, once again, it's like, I, I, as a musician, as an actor, first of all, the, the opportunities here are very interesting. Like, I have an agency in, in um, Montreal, it's Glen Talent Management, and they have, they are based in Montreal and in Toronto. And the contrast between the projects that I would receive from Montreal and from Toronto, I was like, this makes no sense. Like, I need to be 
like the roles that are available to me in Toronto are at a whole other level. I get to explore a lot more of a character. I get to be on set longer. It's like, there's like, um, I don't know, the phases to which the projects come into Canada. And it's like, okay, Vancouver, Toronto, then Montreal, right. you know? So the States, Vancouver, Toronto, then Montreal. So we'd always kind of get the, what's left, sure. you know? So that was part of it. And it was also just like growing up in Montreal, like you're in the same place your whole life. At some point mm -hmm. you kind of have to spread your wings and see what else is out there, you know? So it was just a need for change and also seeing opportunity and um, feeling like I kind of <laughs> ran the full gamut of my city. And now I, I get to appreciate it even more when I go back, I'm like, oh. Like I'm so I'm cool because of y'all. I'm cool because of Montreal. Like Montreal gave me that that edge, you yeah. know. Yeah. So you 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 talk about you know acting mm -hmm. and then releasing music. How how do you balance the how do you balance the two? How do you balance the time, the creative energy? Like I'm still learning to yeah. balance it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So you don't have any formula where you dedicate X amount of time? time no, there's no like, because every time I've tried to play God and be like, that's it. I'm just focusing on music. Acting is over. Like, for some reason, there's a lull in music. And then acting is like, knock, knock, hey, yeah. you know, and so and vice versa. So now I'm kind of just more flexible and letting um, just trusting, trusting the path more and just like let, letting it show me what what's next you know so um i think before i was a lot more concerned about choosing because a lot of people told me like one day is that you're gonna have to choose and and it stuck with me and but now i realize like i'm doing fine <laughs> i'm doing fine i'm doing both and it's great and if it comes a time where my music takes even more space in my life and i have to start turning down even more roles or whatever i'll do that and if the role of a lifetime comes along i want to be I want to be available for yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Is there a first love, though? A first love? Yeah. Mm, hmm. I think so. I think music is my first love, but I just, I think performing is my first love and storytelling mm. is my first love, you know? And anything that encompasses that, like anything that comes with, um, anything that's linked to storytelling, I'm just really interested by the writing I love directing like criminal that you mentioned was mm -hmm. my first music video and I directed it and it was a lot of fun and I realized like wow I have this all this untapped energy I'm used to for people to tell me what to do like as an actor people tell you what to do or whatever and in this case I got to be like no this is what's happening and I saw the result and I was like damn I did that you yeah. know so that's what I love about um being an artist is just the ability to just turn anything you touch into gold and like discovering more aspects of yourself that you didn't even know were within you, you know? So, um, but definitely music. I feel like as an actor, my, my job is to honor someone else's vision. And mm -hmm. I love that. I love being able to, you know, read a script, get a sense of what the person wants and then infuse whatever gifts I can bring to the part and see how it all comes together when you're on a set. You know, you may be watching a scene with two people in it, but if you step back, there were like a hundred people on set running around, the gaffers, people with their booms, people with, you know, making sure you're hydrated and like 
the the amount of love and team effort that goes into any production just blows my mind every time so yeah. there's something really beautiful about that and then with music i just have more agency like i mm. i have i'm learning to really tap into my just my inner reserve of like power and and confidence because i have to i get to choose what i want to do sure you know and like it could be scary it's like no one's there to tell me what to do oh my god that's weird because i've tried i've tried to like kind of hand it over to someone but it just <laughs> at the end of the day it's my vision and so sure. i think music is a little more personal that way mm -hmm. i'm growing a lot more with my music because i'm becoming more vulnerable more confident and um more daring and uh i'm looking at my trajectory and i'm like oh okay yeah cool yeah. it's interesting you talk about uh getting more confident stuff i I don't know if I read an interview you did or I watched an interview that you did and you talked about obstacles that you've recognized and, and had to, you recognized that you had to overcome them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that interview yeah, or that yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if you can talk to us about some of these obstacles and, and how you've overcome. Obstacles, obstacles, obstacles. I mean, I think one of the main obstacles has been just expectations like learning like to other people's expect or your own expectations ultimately my own mm. i think i, I just want to do well i i you know in times of weakness in times of vulnerability or not vulnerability because i think that's a strength but in times of weakness in times when i feel a little more raw a little less sure um i've compared myself to other people and their accomplishments and I'm wondering okay they're doing that why not me and like when you get stuck in this cycle where you're kind of feeling sorry for yourself um, I've learned to kind of move through that and just come back to myself and be a lot more compassionate towards myself and looking back at you know certain people I've worked with where it didn't work out not looking at it like this horrible thing that happened but more just as a lesson so ultimately I think the biggest um, obstacle has been to learn how to be more patient mm. <laughs> more patient and present and I think I'm at a point now where I'm a lot more present with everything that's happening and so I'm not robbing myself of the beauty and the the growth that's happening in this moment by looking forward and saying yeah this is all well and dandy but i should be there already you know mm -hmm. i feel like we do that a lot and i'm that's also part of my message i just want people to um just kind of anchor themselves in the moment and it sounds so cheesy and so frustrating when you're not in that space when people are like just be in the moment be yourself be in the moment and you're like F you, I'm trying so hard. You know what I mean? What does that even mean, be in the moment? You know, I think it means not being overly concerned with the end goal, mm. but appreciating the process. So that's mm. why I really enjoy creative projects because they really bring me back to the moment. Like, let's say I just filmed a new music video that has brought me more peace because now I'm not thinking, oh my God, I need to buy the, you know, by the end of 2019, I need to have done this, 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 this. I'm more like, okay, 
I'm working on this project. We figured out what we want to do for clothing. Now I have to call this person for like it kind of takes you back to a more step by step approach. Yeah. And I think that's what living in the moment is. It's being able to notice it's being able to notice that you can hear and that you can touch and that and and like really being present in a conversation instead of you know someone talking to you and you There's being like else. in 20 different places at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I think it's a practice. Yeah. Like being present is a practice because there's so many distractions, you know. So I think that's one of my, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of myself this year is just like aside from all the things that I've done is just like finding more presence, finding more just authentic presence. Nice. Yeah. You're, you're, you're very, um, you're very much about empowering young performers, young women yeah. particularly. Yeah. Um, does that come into that, like, like in terms of when you're working with young kids? Sorry, my phone's no ringing here. Um, <laughs> does like when we talk about empowerment, how how are you? What's what's the message? Is that part of the message, or is it is it something else that you're really trying to get across to young performers? I think, and it's not just like performers. I think I really do think everyone is an artist. Everyone because everyone is capable of creating something, you know? And I just, I think that if, if we were more tapped into that, people would be so much happier and there would actually be a lot more peace in the world. And even if we don't necessarily agree on all the same things, there would be space for, t- there would be space to be heard more, you know? So I think my message would be just finding ways to connect that very authentic desire to create. Um, I think that's how we are as kids, you know, like it, and it's not, it doesn't mean you have to turn it into uh, a career, you know, like people, like before, uh, before you start thinking, okay, I can make money off of this. We were singing, we were dancing, we were writing, we were painting, we were building, we were um, inventing games, you know, and I think that's, really who we are at the core and I feel like when I perform I kind of because I'm playing when I'm on stage I'm playing and when people get to experience that it kind of they kind of tap in, into that themselves you know hmm. so um I don't know does that sound yeah. weird yeah like yeah, yeah. Pe- like that's what I realized because when I see a woman or a man really in the moment like a dancer just fully embodying who they are it moves me i'm not there thinking what the hell does she like who does she think she is like shining so bright you know like i'm there like oh my god thank you like you're reflecting something back to me and i i feel it in me you know so that's that's what i'm that's what i want to do you know i want i want kids to stay connected to that i want people to reconnect with that if possible and just to remind them that you know all the excuses that we make to not go after our dreams, they're just that, they're just excuses. Like you can actually make it happen. And it sounds, once again, I I don't wanna say, I don't wanna judge it too much, but it does sound cheesy when you say anything is possible, but literally anything is possible. And I wanna be like a living example of that. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Listen, Bianca Andrescu has been saying that ever since she won the U.S. Open, mm. right? So she says, if I can do it, you can do it. 
Dad, but I, you're I so good at tennis, though. <laughs> there was there was a cartoon, and I don't know what newspaper it was. Yeah. But it was a young little girl, and she's holding a tennis racket, and there's Bianca on TV holding it up. Yeah. And she's like, I can do that. And Bianca retweeted it just with, yes, you can. I was like, that's awesome. Nice. Solid. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing. And I think mentorship, you know, being mentored and encouraged by the people around you, adults, it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to high school, I, um, first of all, like I said, my teachers just like always, anywhere there was a microphone, they forced me, like I would play in the orchestra and then at some point, if we were doing a song that had singing in it, they were like, Aza, you're singing the song. I'm like, but what about the trumpet? They're like, you're singing this song, you know? So like, I, even before I knew what I had in me, they, they encouraged they that, they, it, yeah. they nurtured yeah, it, you know? Good. So, you know, some artists have this story yeah. where they're like, you know, nobody believed in me and the I had to push. No, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, you know what? That I'm not, this <laughs> is not my story. Like, I've actually been uh, encouraged and nurtured um, all the way through, you know? So I, I want to give that back because it made a big difference because I was a very shy kid. Um, mm. And I don't think I would have gotten to where I am now had I not been encouraged the way I was back then and you know my my teacher sent me to um Broadway camp he he got me like a sponsorship and in my last year of high school they we went to see this guy and he paid for my stay and he paid for me to go and all of a sudden I was in New York with these well-renowned choreographers yeah mm-hmm. um and actors I'd seen on Broadway stages because they would bring us every year to see a musical and uh, in New York and I, I just all those moments really just yeah. stuck with me you know so when you're talking about the message I think that's what it is I think it's just like show up show up for yourself show up for your dreams and show up even when it's difficult because you don't know what kind of blessings are waiting for you right on the other side mm. of fear yeah yeah cool. that's deep that's deep bro yes, that's, that's awesome <laughs> that's some deep stuff <laughs> thank you I mean what is that what's this I deep? don't know we're trying to figure that out oh. Oh, okay. No, somewhere else. All right. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think we'll survive. We'll survive. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we'll close. be all right. We got yeah. water here. We do. Um, I want to talk about, I know there's at least, well, there's three important trips you've taken. One here to Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh, and then two other ones that I want, I want you to talk to us about, because they seem mm. to have made a huge impact in your life. Uh, and in no particular order, one of them was with your father mm-hmm. to uh, Burundi. Yeah. Talk to me about that and what did you, it seemed when I heard about that trip that you took, that that was like life changing for you. It was because I, yeah, I'm I'm of Burundian descent. Both my parents are from there Mm -hmm. and he had not gone in 30 years. And um, I landed this role. It was my first, the biggest role I'd landed uh, at the time on a TV show called 19-2, and I made quite a bit of money that year, and so I was like, listen, Dad, you sounds familiar, <clears throat> that show. 19-2, yeah, it's yeah. a cop show. Um, check it out, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I was, it was my dad's birthday, and I was like, listen, you're turning 70 this year. <laughs> I'm taking you to oh, Burundi. So you take your dad to Burundi, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I flew him there, we went together, and you know, I realized, just the gravity of the situation, him leaving in mm-hmm. very, um, in like political turmoil and um, 
talking to me about aunts and uncles and like his brothers, his sisters that he hadn't seen in 30 years. And to me, they were just at that point, just names, you know, like, yeah. and I had seen photos, but you don't really, you don't really have a connection with any of that. And then when I went, just realizing like, my God, you guys are real. It's not just this story my dad's been telling me my whole life. It's like, you've been here this whole time, you know? And meeting them and, and, and arriving in the, in the village that my, where my dad is from and his little sister was leading the show with the women in the, in the village and they were just dancing and singing for us. And it was like, I realized too, just this knack that I have for performing and for music and for hmm. just um, entertaining, yeah. it doesn't. It didn't just go poof, you know. It comes from somewhere, yeah, you yeah. know. And I've seen it in my dad, and but to see my aunties in Burundi like killing it, <laughs> 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 killing it, you know. It was just like it was so moving, and um, and I also reached a deeper place of respect for how far my parents came from and what mm. they had to go through to be here for me to be born yeah, here yeah. for me to be an artist you know the privilege that i have now to be an artist and meeting a lot of young women and and men over there who are just as talented just as bright just as driven and funny and sweet and just these great people but because of where they're born there are certain privileges that they are not afforded mm -hmm. you know even the privilege of travel like it was expensive for us but we're okay but for them it's Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. It's set up in a way where you're just, you're basically stuck there. And that, when I came back from that, I was like, you know what? I don't have an excuse. Like, mm. I'd been doing my thing, but coming back from that, I was like, okay, I really need to think about what it is that I want to do and how I want to go about it and what kind of message I want to put out there because it's not just going to be me singing some like pop songs without like anything of substance behind it. And I love pop music. It's not even that. It's just, I just, it anchored me more in where I was, where I come from and yeah. what I'm, what I'm bringing with me and who I represent, you know? So coming back from that, I realized too, Burundi is, is I'm representing Burundi wherever I go. And so, I better, I better do a damn good job, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to let my people down and I don't want to let my ancestors down. Like, I, I, it just, it was a very deep experience. Mm. And um, it also showed me just how uh, Canadian I am. <laughs> I was like, I was there and I was like, holy smokes, am I Canadian or what? Like, and so it helped me bridge that, that divide, you know, being born in Montreal, in Quebec, I'm, I'm a Quebecer, but I'm not, but I'm a Montrealer, but I'm an Anglo, but I'm a Franco, but I'm from Burundi, but I'm not. And like all these aspects of my, of my, uh, that make up who I am. And there was kind of like a dissonance there. And mm. I think going back, going there, I just realized I was like, yeah, there's, there are differences, but who cares? Like, yeah, I'm awesome. They're awesome. And I'm loved. Like I'm so loved over there and I'm loved here and it's fine. I don't know. I found peace. I found peace and also seeing my dad find peace and seeing his family again mm. and reconnecting and kind of being able to release some of the trauma of when he left by going back. Yeah. That brought me so much joy. Like I, I was very important. Nice. Yeah.
probably, and I'm sure it answered a lot of, maybe you had these questions, maybe you did in terms of where you get your energy from, where you get your enthusiasm for arts. Yeah. Uh, to, to see, oh, this, actually it's in my blood. Cause yeah. Yeah, that's what was, it's one thing to say that. It's like, of course it has to be in my blood, but like to see to it, see it yeah. to be like, my auntie just crushed it right now. <laughs> like in the mountains, in Burundi, like in the forest. And she you doesn't know, go like, to a school for performing arts. Like this No, is, no, that's yeah. just who she is. That's what she's been doing, you know? So it's really cool. <laughs> what is Neverland Retreat? <laughs> the Neverland Retreats is a... Um, it's a it's like a music seminar that happens twice a year in Costa Rica and it's a week long mentorship program where they have um, platinum songwriters, multi-platinum songwriters join us, um, artist managers, people in publishing, like people in different aspects of uh, the music industry who come and give us just discussions and talks and you can ask them questions for an entire week and then there are activities and and um, adventures that you go on with the mentors. So it's just like a great, mm -hmm. it's a great program. Something you just pay to get into? Or? Yes, you have to pay to get into mm -hmm. it. Um, and they, I think they take about 20 people yeah. each time just to make sure that everyone gets enough, um, like a personal But you earned, you earned time. a spot to be able to attend, right? From what I, I did, I yeah. did. So the Women's International Music Network um, it was their first time collaborating with the Neverland Retreats, and they did. They um, they provided a scholarship for yeah. a, a female artist to go. And so it's not like anybody can go to this thing. It's like no, right? Yeah. Exactly. And um, I applied. I I I was like, okay, this is. At first, I wanted to go, but then I I saw just um, I I was like, you know what, I. I can't, I'm not going to pay for this this year. We'll see maybe next year. We'll see what happens. And then my friend was like, hey, there's a scholarship for this. And I was like, what? So I applied and um, I got it. And then after, once I was there in Costa Rica, I realized they told me, you know, there were over 500 applicants and it was a worldwide search. And you're the one who, you know, you stood out and we're happy to have you. And I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> This is insane. So it was just such a dream to be there. Definitely. Yeah. Do you still keep in touch with your, the mentors or the people they were working with and how do they yeah, help you day to day? I do. Work? So, um, I, uh, definitely the people who we call, we call ourselves Neverlanders. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but it is what it is. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group, like we stay friends. Yeah. Um, and then, the founder, Adam uh, Mackinis, is a songwriter, um, music consultant, and uh, he runs, yeah, he just, he's awesome. And uh, we've written a lot of music together. I've gone back to LA. Um, one of the songs that we wrote together ended up being synced um, to this TV show on Fox called Paradise Hotel. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're working together a lot, doing a lot of songwriting for this licensing project and for other artists. So it's nice. It's like, we're definitely staying in touch, and it's helped me get to LA as well, which yeah. is nice. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So you've written stuff that's on television. Yeah. So tell me about it. you say yeah, like yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> you did your research. Do you have anything on you TV your research? Yeah, but people <laughs> listening to this haven't done research. They want to know. Yeah. I know. I've got stuff here. Netflix, working moms, like. But okay, so first. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I know. Yes. They don't know. 
Tell me. They don't know this stuff. So tell me. Uh-huh. <laughs> the fir- your, your first uh, song or tune that got licensed. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about that experience. How does that work? How does that happen? Are you dancing for five weeks straight when that happens? <laughs> can, can I do that and become a villain? Tell me. Like, you know what? I, um, when I went to, to the Neverland Retreat, that was last year in uh, November, and that's when I learned a lot about licensing, and I found out that some artists literally just live off of that. They write uh-huh. tunes, and I didn't know this. I'm like, I'm in music, I'm doing the old, you know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> that's amazing. And um, from there, I don't know, it's just, it, it kind of happened. I worked with um, a Montreal electro group called Beat Market, and we wrote this song. They had sent me this beat. We wrote it like something like three years ago. They made a beat. And they were like, Aza, we want you on it. I wrote, and it inspired a rap. And so it was the first time I rapped, and like officially, like on the track that was released, and I was like, I did a fine job. It looked, it sounded cool, you know? And um, the song See What I Mean was picked up by Netflix, and that's through their, their team. So I, so far, all my licensing opportunities, the, the things I've landed, have happened through collaboration. So. Um, that that's another thing you have to be like uploaded to a database like how does that work you know what um, so I think SoundCloud <laughs> not, I have no clue Greg's, Greg's I don't want to shake stupid. out anything anymore you're laughing at me like I no don't no know. no I don't think it's on SoundCloud that's not how it works but it's more like let's say um, you're uh, you have a publishing company ah. and um, there's this massive email that's sent out by the specific show that's like we're looking for this song for as a theme song for the show or for the next batch of episodes we're looking for something that's electro that has a you know this kind of vibe whatever and then you send whatever you have and hope to get it um and that's what happened so with Netflix, I, we ended up getting, see what I mean, licensed to an episode of Tuca and Birdie, uh, which is a show on Netflix. Have you watched it? Tuca? Tuca and Birdie. That's Bertie. a kid's show. It is not it a kid's show. It is not show. a kid's show. It's by the, the, the same people who wrote uh, Bojack Horseman. Oh, it's not a kid's show. It is not a kid's oh. show. It's a hilarious, hilarious TV show, and I jumped for joy i maybe not for five weeks but i definitely jumped for joy for a while and i found out that my song was going to be on there and it was even crazier watching the show a show that you love that i really enjoyed and then hearing my voice pop up like (laughs) during the show there's something really cool about that it's like when you hear your song on the radio when you don't expect it it's like what that's crazy that's amazing so um, greg has your song ever been on the radio i have that's nice. It's a nice feeling. It's yeah. yeah, it's great. Long time ago. <laughs> Long time ago. But it's yeah. a good feeling. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it's happened so far. So that's why, like, now I want to be a little more deliberate about it. Uh, um, you know, so I'm starting to dabble a little more seriously into licensing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Working that's, Moms. Was it Working Moms a song, or are you actually on that show? I'm on that's the show. That's the funniest show. Working Moms. I love awesome. that show. I love Catherine Reitman. Um, I love the writing. I love the the premise. I just I freaking love that show, and it's one of the first shows that I didn't have to watch for homework. You know, like let's say I land a role mm. on a sh- on a show, I'm gonna go watch a few episodes, get a sense of the feel and the 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 vibe of the show. Um, but in this case, it's like I'd already been watching it, and um, I auditioned for it, got it, 
and we just finished filming uh, season four. And uh, yeah, I'm playing one of Catherine's new friends. She's a hip young mom. You know, she's into crystals. She's a photographer. <laughs> she's a lot of fun to play. And I just, I had a blast with the team. So That's awesome. yeah, yeah, it was a great, great experience. There's something about that show. Yeah. That is different than any show. Not that I watch a lot of TV. Yeah. But it's different than almost any show that I've seen. Same. And is it? And I'm wondering, is it more than it's just women leads? I think it's the package. I think it's the writing. It's the directing. It's yeah. like, it's the whole package that makes that brilliant. It's yeah. all of it, absolutely. And it's also, they set it up so um, on their team, they make a point to hire 70%, like make their crew 70% women yeah. and people of color. And so their diversity behind and in front of the camera, mm -hmm. even if you're not really paying attention to it, it just brings a different flavor, you know, and the writing is just so clever. You know, they've, they've just found a way to find the perfect balance between drama and humor. And uh, Catherine is just a very, very bright, bright, talented, gifted person and very generous. Um, and so it's just a gift. Like, I agree. It's a very unique show. That show very and Baroness show. Von Sketch. Mm. It's like, it's just, it's stuff you don't see. Yeah. My sister just told me about that show. I haven't been watching it. Yeah. So and what's great about Baroness Von Sketch, yeah. too, is you can, it, it's going to sound redundant because the name Sketches in it, but you can just, you can watch bits of it. Yeah. yeah. And just like, yeah. jump in five minutes out. Hilarious. It's, it's, it's fantastic. You laugh and then yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and again, I, th I think what it is, it's, it's not because they're just women, but because you don't hear that perspective yeah. as in, much, enough, right? Enough, yeah. Like it's we starting. Yeah, you start. Like we, we've grown up with Saturday Night Live. We've grown up with uh, Kids in the Hall. Mm -hmm. um, we've grown up with uh, Whose Line is it, is it Anyways? These sorts of comedy, Canadian comedy. Which were hilarious. Shows, like, which yeah. are funny. Yeah. But then when it's a different perspective, when it's. And, and you don't realize that how different can it be? We're all people. Yeah. But it must be different because those shows are. Fr even after how many seasons now? Four seasons. They're fresh. They're funny and they continue to be. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a difference. Yeah, definitely. You know? And um, I'm also filming for this show called Jupiter's Legacy, which is uh, a brand new Netflix original series that's based on a comic book. And it's is that about. A DC or a Marvel? No, it is not. not. Just independent. Um, I, it's, I mean, it's a pretty big Netflix production, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's DC or Marvel. But you know what? I don't. It's I've heard of this. Jupiter's Legacy. Yes. So who, who wrote it? Who wrote the the comic the book? The comic book. I need to. You know what? I'm anyway, gonna go. So, We're I all going to start think, getting out our phones. We have to because <laughs> yeah. this is this is ridiculous. I'm like, how do I not know who wrote because it? Because I think I was at a function on the weekend. Jupiter's Legacy. And he's in effects and doing the post on that. Hmm. Comic series by Mark Miller and Frank Quitely. Maybe not. <laughs> I just took us in a completely wrong direction. Everybody's like, this makes for amazing podcast content, but yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, so it's cool because I'm playing a superhero yeah. on it. So I've got, I, you know, I, it's my first time experiencing, you know, the harnessing and the flying and the, 
all the work that goes into that, the training, the yeah. stunt training, and the just the the grandeur of it all, you yeah. know. So it's been so I was filming for that while I was filming for Working Moms, and so it was a very interesting contrast between you know going to play a superhero like a modern day superhero and then going there and playing young mom chilling you know so and that's what i enjoy about acting as well is yeah. just the the crisscross like how crazy it can get when you're just constantly working yeah but that's amazing that you're getting these really cool roles yeah thank you let us see what happens in toronto kids see? See? stay in toronto <laughs> you know what just <laughs> follow your gut because i knew i had to leave montreal no matter how cozy and great and creative and fun it was it felt like I had reached yeah. the, like a plateau and I was like, I need, I need to go somewhere new. And Toronto, you know, it's a very different city and everyone was like, oh my God, it's such a big move. Like, oh my God. I was like, guys, relax. It's five hours away. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not moving to Madagascar. Like we're going to be okay, you know, but still arriving here, uh, a few months in, it was also the dead of winter, so like mm. we're like cocooning and wondering, like, uh, like where are we even? What's happening? You know. But I'm finally, I hit a groove, and now I really understand why I moved. Mm. You know, like I, I, there were there were moments where we were like, you know, you let go of something to make space for the new, but while it's coming in, there's kind of like this limbo kind of space where you're not sure, and you're looking back like, did I make the right decision? You know, and. I'm glad I'm over that now. Nice. <laughs> so follow your gut, you know, and stick through it, and, and you'll find yourself on the other side. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's not forget. Sorry, Greg, go ahead. I have one question. Please. And then you can leave. You can get and then I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I got this right. Tell me about opening for Toots. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Because when I read about that, yeah. I'm like, I got to talk to you about this. Yes. So that was crazy because it happened we found out something like a week before um and it kind of happens like that you know when there's a big act coming into the city they get a sense of who matches the vibe better and they and it kind of happens really quickly i learned and uh we found out that we were gonna be opening for toots a week before that we might be opening and then something like four days before they were like it's yeah. you and i was like oh my god amazing and um i toots Toots in the Maytals? Toots in the Maytals. Yeah, okay. So you know it. I, 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 I would know songs. It's like classic reggae music. It's like original ska kind of. Yeah, ska. Um, Toots is amazing, and the, the band, are, they're incredible. Ugh. It's so funny. Their guitarist is so stoic. and like doesn't make a face, just strumming, like, mm -mm. Yeah. like on beat, perfect yeah. timing, perfect tone, but just like deadpan you know it was so and and toots is like we'll sing a meter away from the microphone but the voice yeah. just projects and yeah. and the and the backup singers it was just so much fun um opening for for the band was amazing yeah. the you could feel the love in the room you know it, i think depending on the music you're listening to it kind of brings something out and when you're coming out to listen to reggae and ska and like just coming to vibe like you could feel that in the crowd and they yeah. were very receptive a lot of fun i got them to you know do a lot of singing back to me and stuff and um it was a lot of fun and then after that after the show um they were about to go on and we ran backstage to try and catch them before they went on was it no that's not what it was okay so <laughs> when we were done performing we went downstairs did our thing then we had like a little area to watch their show and 
just had a blast. And yeah. then when they were done after their encore, we just ran, we ran backstage to try and catch uh, Toots, but we couldn't see him. And it was just like, oh, okay, I guess it's too late. And then he was like, hey, and I'm like, oh my God, hey. He's like, you keep on shining. I was like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then like he disappeared. I don't know, I think he went straight to yeah. his tour bus and yeah. that was it, you know, and I was so glad that I got that split of a second to say hi. And then um, his backup singers were sticking around for a little while, so we chatted with them and it was just overall like a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, very just awesome people, you know, great vibes. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to the music. Back to la musica. Yeah. So I alluded at the intro that you're an award winning and I, I didn't just put that in. You've you've done some you've you've been uh, acknowledged or recognized by iHeartRadio? I yes. What what was that about? So iHeartRadio um, selects an artist every month and they call them the future star of the month. Mm. And it's um, whatever single you've put out, um, they play it on rotation for a month, and then if it picks up, then they keep it in rotation, and it's just kind of a way to... On the various iHeart stations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a way to encourage upcoming talent, um, new music to be heard, and um, my single, L'Univers est à moi, was released in the summer last year, so at the end of July, and... Um, was this part of your EP? It was. Okay. It's uh, It was the first single of my EP, and... Um, and yeah, so I was I was the iHeartRadio's Future Star of the Month of August 2018. Um, oh my God, a year ago, crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so the song started playing on the radio, and now it kind of I've learned a lot more about radio and how it works. It's really if they love your song, they're gonna play it. Like it's not you 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 have radio tracking as well, but if people really enjoy your music, then they just keep playing it, which is what happened with the song, which was yeah. great. Um, it was a great opportunity and. I'm happy it happened. Yeah. Nice. And was there a Francophone Artist of the Year? Yes. That you won? Yes. So that was earlier in March this year. I um, there's a it's a new award show. It's relatively new. It's been three years that it's running, and it celebrates Black excellence in Quebec. And um, I was named Francophone Artist of the Year for my. Had my you already EP. left Quebec? I had. I moved. I moved in January. You didn't know that you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm still. I'm. You know, my. I was still from Montreal. My project was released in Montreal. I'm still an artist from Montreal. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so I went back, and it was great to be, acknowledged and celebrated by my my community, especially, feeling like my my project, I you don't know the impact you have. That's that really taught me why award shows are important because. Mm. You, you know, I think it's all optics and it, there's something very superficial about it all. Um, there can be, but there's something about working on a project, releasing it, and you kind of, it's out in the air and you don't know, like you kind of get a sense that people are listening, but you don't know the extent of the impact you've had until you go to an award ceremony and you're like, oh, wait, like I really, hey. Um, I've really impacted, like people are listening, people have bought the record, people love the songs, people uh, recognize themselves in me, or you know, it, it just brought a new level of appreciation for those kinds of events, you know, where you get a chance to, for a one night, celebrate something that you've done and realize that you're not, you weren't crazy in the studio, like in a bubble, for all those 
weeks like it wasn't just for nothing you yeah. know so and this is all based on the ep that you released yeah so tell so tell me about like how, how did you collect these songs you know how old were they how long have you been sitting on them was it was it did you write it specific for knowing that you were going to release this ep how was that whole process yeah so like i said adieu is the first song that i wrote and it speaks of i'm basically saying i'm raising a glass to myself mm. for everything that's behind me right now you know it's a way to say goodbye to the past and to honor it and to stop looking at you know regrets or whatever just being like cheers to me i did it moving forward you know so that's what the song was about and around the same time and uh, an old friend of mine contacted me and is in pr and uh, hey <laughs> And um, you got fans all over. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this person I know I've known for a long time contacted me and was like, "Listen, I'm working on this event in Abidjan in Ivory Coast, and okay. it's gonna be. It's called um, uh, how was it called? It was called. It was like La Celebration de la Francophonie 3535. So uh, they're basically awarding 35 innovators in many different fields who are 35 innovators under 35 who've contributed to their respective fields. And uh, they were looking for an artist to represent um, La Francophonie. And I had just finished writing my first French song in years. And so I really believe in signs. And, and, and I was like, I have to keep writing French songs right now because I can't just show up in Ivory Coast as the ambassador of the French language with one song. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. So that event kind of forced me to sit down and write music in French. And I'm very grateful for it because it kind of just like poured spilled. Out. Yeah, it poured out of me. And I was, I was in awe, actually. I was like, wow. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know I had all of this in me, like, just waiting to come out. And um, that year, which is the same year I went to Burundi, we, a month before I went to Burundi, I went to, um, I went to Abidjan. And it was an incredible experience. And so around then, I still didn't know that I was going to release an EP in French. But then we looked at, we had like a good collection of songs. And we were like, and I, and I started working with a label based in Montreal. And they were like, why don't you, let's just like release an EP in French. Why not? And I was like, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> let's do it. And so it kind of happened very organically and quite fast, too. Um, but I'm grateful it happened because I don't think, had I moved to Toronto before I did that, Mm. I might have never tapped into the, the, the yeah, yeah into the French in me, and I might have just like forgotten about it, you know. So yeah, hmm. you're in one of the most funniest shows yes. on TV, Working Moms. Yes, you're gonna be on a superhero Netflix show mm -hmm. that's probably gonna blow up and be awesome. <laughs> um, you're, you're licensing music. Um, what's what's the what does 2020 look like? you 2020 and beyond 2020 and beyond well what's cool is that i'm uh, i applied to perform at this uh, festival called the sim festival in sao paulo in brazil brazil has always been one of my dream destinations i've always been drawn to the culture and the music and just the people the food and um i found out something like a week ago that i my my band made it into the 30 acts that were selected to perform and 
there were over 2,800 applicants and I'm the only one representing Canada. So um, that's really cool. So we're going to Brazil at the end of December. So what I'm hoping for after that is just to keep the momentum going, you know? Um, I'm kind of in awe of the way things have been happening in, so far and I'm just, I just wanna release more music. Right now I'm busy recording, like filming and recording content so that you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. I've, in the past I used to go really like one video at a time and now I'm just stacking them up so that I'm not stressed when it's, and I could just focus on the business plan, releasing, you know, release dates and just start releasing content instead of like flying by the seat of my pants, like we released a video, okay, now next video, you know? So I think it's just, um, you're gonna hear a lot more music from me. You're gonna, nice. you know, most of the shows that I've worked on are releasing next, are gonna be um, launched next year. So that's cool. So a lot more travel, a lot more music, and uh, hopefully making a bigger splash in the city of Toronto. That is awesome. Yeah. We're so excited for you and looking forward. Thank you. To all the success. Thanks for coming in. Thank yeah, you thanks. for having me. Thanks. Shoot. I'm glad I came. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>